Welcome to the Simplified Marketing Podcast. Straight talking ideas to grow your business. Okay, so welcome back. This is one of our bonus episodes on the Simplified Marketing uh, Podcast. Um, you will have watched the or heard the episode that we released on Wednesday uh, with Nigel. Thank you very much for, uh, for joining us again. Um, we thought we would touch on a few of the points um, that we didn't really explore as much earlier on in the, in the other episode, um, particularly about business and the economy um, and how, it is, and how is, is the British economy set up for success now that we obviously are going through a bit of a change with a new horizon? Well, listen, no one can tell the future. Um, and, you know, you have, uh, you have so-called experts um, and I think experts are different to specialists. Before everybody gets on the phone and tells me that you, you know you'd always listen to a, you know an expert on colleges, wouldn't you? Right? They're different. Right? There are specialists. There are experts. Experts, in my mind, are, are self-created. Right? And and so you you talk to a whole different bunch of people, and some will tell you that actually we're in deep trouble uh, because we've left Europe and we've done this and we've done that. We do other. Others would go, listen, it's, it's it's freedom. The world is a big place, and we should go out there and and and, and talk to other countries and all the rest of it. I think you have to look back a little bit in history. You know, as a as a country, we've been through lots and lots of turmoil over the last two, three hundred years. We've we've had everything. We've had plagues. We've had fires. We've had wars. We've had all sorts of things. And you know what? The economy has kind of just steadied. We're a very steady. We're a conservative with a small C country, right? We don't have huge highs and lows. Okay, yeah, we get the odd we get the odd blip that comes around in the 1990s. We had an economic crash, and you know, 2008 we had a financial crash, and all that. But you know what? It kind of bounces back again, uh, a little bit like flubber. You know, it, it just <laughs> does because that's the kind analogy. of but that's the kind of people we are. You know, we, we are we are very. I mean, uh, we we talked about it in, in in franchising the other day. You know. Uh, one of the things I've, I, I didn't mention in, in, in franchising, uh, and this is relevant, I think, is that you know we're very, very good at servicing our customers. We're very, very good at building relationships with customers. Uh, we're not very good at asking people for referrals. In fact, we're rubbish as Brits. Yes. Not just in my franchise, as Brits. And if you talk to any of my franchisees, they will tell you the same thing. They're very nervous about going out there and sort of say, oh, could you recommend me to somebody else? Could you recommend me to the marketing manager and all the rest of it, right? You go to America, you go to Australia, they're asking everybody. They'll ask a hobo on the street. They don't care. They'll ask anybody, do you know anybody who's going to buy this? Right? And I think that's the nature of the people we are. We're very conservative as a, as a country and, and, and as a people. So, so we're very steady. Um, so if I was to, to make a prediction, and I'm not an expert or a specialist, uh, I would say that the economy will be fairly static in growth. Maybe we're talking 1%, 2% either way. Yeah. We're not going to be 10, 15 percent. We're not going to be minus 10, 15 percent. That's just the way it is, you know. And we can argue about about Brexit, good, bad, or indifferent. It's here, right? It's going to have an impact on the Europeans as much as it's going to have an impact on ourselves. And you know what? Business will overcome because business does. Because at the end of the day, politicians come and go. But you know what? Mercedes Benz in Germany have been around a long time, and they want to be around a long time more. So they want to ex export. And our industries have been around a long time, and we also want to export. And, and so business will overcome. Politicians will go, they'll come back, they'll go, they'll come back, but we'll still be there. Well, we, won't, we won't go too much into the, the politics of it. I think one of the things that really interests me is um, setting up for the future yeah. and how businesses are now going to thrive mm -hmm. in whatever happens going forwards. Um, one of the things that you touched on quite briefly um, was it's basically so the university system in this country 
and how you have all these young fresh minds who want to get out of there, do things, but because of the financial burdens that have probably been placed on them through studying, mm-hmm. um, can't necessarily go out and set up either join a, a franchise business, mm-hmm. become a franchisee, or set up in, in business themselves necessarily, yep. unless they are incredibly lucky as to which kind of wealthy parents they've been brought, brought up into. Absolutely. And that's not going to be no. literally for everything. So is this something fundamentally that needs to change in order to harness this young, forward-looking mindset of people? I think so. I think so. I think if you, if you look at the success of franchising, okay, um, and I think the last... Um, survey that was done by the British Franchise Association and, and NetWest Bank said something like 93% of franchisees were still in business after two years. That's pretty good. So if you, if you take that as red, they say, right, how do we take these young people, right, forget their background, forget they may have mum and dad behind them, forget all that, how do we take these young people who have ambition and drive and all the rest of it and a good skill base and are intelligent, and how do we allow them to open their own business? And if they open their own business in a, local, in a local area, what are going to be the benefits for the local economy? Are they going to employ local people? Certainly. Are they going to produce local product? Probably. Are they going to sell to local people? Certainly. Is everybody going to pay local tax? Definitely. So you kind of go, well, that has to be good. Isn't that going to regenerate that local area? So how do we do it? Right? It's not just about universities, although I think they are pitiful. Right? It's about the whole of academia right from the end of primary school right the way through, right? People need to be talking, not, not promoting franchising, but at least explaining that it's an option, right? As opposed to, I think we mentioned last time, some of your, your, your colleagues, your friends had gone straight from university to getting a job, can't get a job, and now are depressed about it and all the rest of it. But if they had been told about franchising, if it was an option, they could have looked into it. So you take the, the whole of academia. Then you take funding. Where are you going to get funding from? Let's look at the banks. What are the banks doing to help young people out of university, apart from allowing them to have loans while they're at university? So now they've got all these loans, right? And they've got to pay the loans off. But that, but that help has stopped now. They've, they've stopped being a student, they've, they've qualified. Now they're going to go and get a job to pay the loan back. You kind of go, all seems a bit counterintuitive if you're trying to grow an economy. So why don't the banks sit down and think, right, how do I take these students, right? And how do I help fund them? Maybe what would, would be a good idea is they come to a franchisor and say, look, your franchise is, I'll, I'll give you an example. Let's take, let's take, I don't know, let's take TechClean as an example, right? TechClean is, is a 19,500 pound franchise, right? Plus VAT, obviously, because we like to pay the government, right? <laughs> um, the bank could come along and say, I'll tell you what, why don't we fund 45% of that? But you, as a franchisor, cut 45% off. The student pays 10%. The student has to pay something. You have to have skin in the game, otherwise there's nothing yeah. there. Oh, so you have to yes. have skin in the game. Yeah. So instead of paying 19,500 plus VAT, they pay 1,950. What's the benefit? The benefit, we suddenly have a new franchise. I make less money, obviously, initially. The banks have got, have got an investment. But we've now got a new franchisee out there who's keen, who's driven, right? who's been given an opportunity, who can now go out right, and drive the business and maybe employ one or two or three people in that business as they grow. Right? Would that not be a, a sensible approach, maybe? I don't know. It's just a thought. You know? how, about, how about when you talk to you know, 
whatever the enterprise councils are called now, because I, I get confused by the names of them, whether they're LEPS, LAPS, LIPS or whatever, right? But what are they doing locally to encourage people to have their own business? Bear in mind, eight out of 10 businesses in this country fail within two years, right? So what are they doing to give the option of going down a franchise route? What are the local gov uh, governments, local councils doing to subsidize maybe an investment in that area? I can't see any myself, right? And then, of course, you come back to academia, because if you started doing that, if you had the banks doing it, and then the banks working with the universities, so the banks say, right, if we're going to do this, we want proper business planning. So if you want to do it, here's how you do a business plan. Here's how you drop a cash flow, right? Here's how you run the business. The franchise all comes in and says, right, if you're going to run the business, you need to do A, B, C, and D, right? We're going to help you to do A, B, C, and D, right? So they don't start on the day they've left university, they start before they leave university. Well, yes, this, this, right? that could be part of the point, yeah, absolutely. Part of the point. So what happens is now you've, you've suddenly got a, a, an even more robust academic structure because within that, within that, 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 that course, right, if you choose to, to go down a franchise route, you're going to have personal contact with a bank, with a franchisor, who are going to set that business up with you. You're not just going to be wandering in off the street, right, hoping for the best. I don't know. I mean, it's a thought, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, completely. I don't know about your your journey through university, but I know from from a fact from mine, maybe going to university was kind of expected. Yeah. And maybe going to university was kind of something to kind of maybe, oh, for, for a lot of people, prolonging that time until you have to make a decision about really what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I remember the career service in West Yorkshire um, when I was coming through uh, high school, as we call it in the north. Of course you would do. Um, yes. You know, graduating. Oh, goodness me. It was a long time ago. Very long. long. Yeah, very long. <laughs> um, but going through in, in the final year of high school, basically, oh, tick a few boxes about what you like, mm -hmm. and we'll give you a survey and a recommendation about maybe three jobs that you might want to go into. Mm. All three, which are quite exciting, maybe one was an architect or a designer, things like that, mm. things in the design world. Well, we don't really need those, and it's quite difficult. So what about yeah. a road sweeper? Yeah. Obviously, you can see my academic level. Um, <laughs> kind of pushing you down. So your, your aspirations are already yeah. flattened before yeah. you even started out. But you don't have maybe the, or see the opportunities, the doors that could be potentially yeah. open for you. Right. University is just one strand. A lot of people could go into a business yeah. straight from school. Absolutely. There's nothing Absolutely. to say you have to go. I mean, we do need architects. We do need um, people in business, lawyers, solicitors, etc. Well, I, I will go so far. <laughs> I mean, architects, I can go. Lawyers and accountants, oh, I'm kind of like, I'm not so sure. Right. We've got enough of those things. But that's <laughs> yeah. why I say to you, it, it needs to start at a low level. It needs to start right from the start of, of, of secondary school. Yeah. You know, when, you know, you need to be teaching people about, you know, I just don't get the mentality. If we don't have business, we don't have services. Yeah. Let us not kid ourselves. It's businesses that drive taxation, right? There's only two ways of getting money, right? One is you borrow it, right? So the government can borrow loads of money from wherever, China, maybe, right? Or they can tax people. Now, you've got two types of taxes, right? You've got taxes you can, you can levy on, on people who work in public sector, right? And you've got taxes you levy on people who work in the private sector. Those in the public sector are paid by the public purse. So if, if, if the government pays somebody 30,000 and then taxes them 10,000, in effect, the government is simply paying them 20,000, which is right. So they still spent 20,000. Hmm. If they tax in the private sector, they tax 10,000, it's a net 10,000. So you need more people in that sector. What better way of doing it than encouraging small businesses, a number of small businesses, right? Helping them to grow, getting more people in there. That's, I mean, it's, it's about, it's about effective and quick regeneration. It wouldn't take long. If you did this program, 
if you've got people involved direct from university and they were properly funded and they're properly supported by good franchisors, by good banks, right? It would not take long for them to create wealth in that area. I, I think you touched on a really good point as well about it starting a lot earlier than university. So if it was in secondary mm -hmm. schools, that may, if, if young students got excited about the opportunities that they potentially could have, would that encourage more students to stay in longer education? And also for, for some of us, not you and I particularly, but those who may be when we're in degrees, dwindle slightly and yes. get sidetracked because we feel, oh my God, I've got I've got a year and a half before I graduate, I'm gonna come out, I'm not gonna find a job, blah, blah. You start feeling that, as well as the pressure of your dissertation and everything else, could that in the back of their head that's kind of been ingrained in sort of the mid-teens and that drive to, do you know what, I really want my own design business, I really wanna do this, mm. help with better grades as well and um, you know, well, students coming out. Future planning. A, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. But surely human beings by our very nature, are aspirational, mm. aren't we? You know, we all want to, we want to achieve, whether it's we want to achieve more than our parents achieved or we want, to, we want to achieve more than a friend of ours who was at school achieved or we simply want to achieve because we want to have a standard of living that we aspire to, right? If you know at the end of the, of the, of the course, right, that actually you have the opportunity to take on a business, right? You know that at the end of the course, something's gonna happen, as you quite mm. right said, Come to the end of a course. I mean, I, I do, a, I do a, a thing, as I said, at Lancaster University, uh, and I also give an award out. They write a, a dissertation on, on franchising. Um, and so I, I give a, a cash reward to people. Um, and these guys are all very, very bright people. I mean, Lancaster Management School is one of the top schools in, in the country. They're all very, very bright people and all the rest of it. And talking to the dean, the number of, of students there who come out and cannot find, some cannot find a job, many cannot find an appropriate job. Mm. Right? Now, an appropriate job is obviously something that's been put in somebody's mind because obviously you go to university, you're gonna get his fantastic job, you're gonna earn 50,000 a year, company car, buprin, all that sort of stuff. But nevertheless, right, if they had a business to go into, it's the next day, you know? And they go into that business, it's something to aspire to. And it's something they can afford if we do it right. I mean, there's, there is money around, I'm not being funny. Good franchisors will be willing to invest, I promise you. They would do, right? Banks should do, they've got the money. It's not that they haven't got it, they have got money. So why don't we invest a small amount? You don't have to invest a huge amount. It's a small amount of money. Bear in mind, bear in mind, 93% of franchisees are still in business after two years. What is the risk to the bank? What is the risk? I mean, come on. Well, should, yeah, absolutely. It shouldn't be much, shouldn't it? I mean, no. I, I do remember in my own business, um, you've been congratulated once you pass that two-year milestone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been around. You're obviously yeah. successful. You're going to yeah. be here for years to come. So, yes, you will be paying the taxes. You will be helping stimulate the economy. You're all part of it. And you'll be employing other people who themselves will pay taxes, absolutely. who will spend money in the local economy, who will then, hopefully the local economy then em, uh, employs more people who will pay more tax. And so it goes on. You know, it, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. One, one of the fun things, I mean, my, my mother is a... It's a former teacher, um, but I, it, it, I don't know if this is me because I have young children who are now starting out in education, but is it something to do with the way that we teach people from an early age? Now, I know that in Finland and other Scandinavian countries, although obviously we idolise those countries, um, they start out with a more a community base. So you'll have people, children of different ages who are there to support and help each other. 
which is rather like the the, uh, the setup that you, yeah. you talked about. You have an older person with a younger person to teach them the ropes, how things work out, etc. Um, but also, is it the manner in which we're t- teaching people? Are we still in the 1940s and 50s, let's say, where, right, here's maths, this is a row of numbers, you're going to do these times tables, etc. Mm. Whereas, around the uh, dinner table, um, if I look at my five-year-old and three-year-old and say, right, if I had three cakes and I went out and bought five cakes, how many does that make? Out comes the calculator, eh? They they don't need a calculator, (laughs) it's eight. I want those eight cakes. But what's three plus five? Mm. Yeah. Completely different ballgame. Is there there an association with it? So we're kind of saying, right, this, this is the real world learning. This is how you build things. And there's, there's more kind of vocational subjects that are a bit more like that. We're going to teach you all the way through from a young age how to be a business owner or a franchisee, someone who is going to create for the economy. I think, I think the, the issue is it's a much wider societal and cultural issue. Um, as I say, we, are, we, are, we have a, a particular nature uh, about us. Um, you know, whenever you're looking at schools and all the rest of you, you're looking at league tables, hmm. right? And league tables, you know, just like it would be in football and all the rest of it, you look at the W sign, yeah? Who's had more wins, Yeah. right? I want to put my child where they've got wins, right? Not, I want to put, uh, you know, how many parents genuinely, genuinely go and look at that school and say, right, let's have a look at the complete package of education they're providing. Or do they go, all wins, no losses, no draws. That's what I want. Because by putting that my child into that school, and coming out a winner, they will get a better job. It's not a c- criticism, it's just the way it's set up because actually that's probably more likely to be true, right? Because the whole, the whole system is set up that way. So if, if you go into a, a, a you know, if you're, you happen to have a child who goes to school where, where it's, you know, no wins, no draws, a lot of losses, the chances are they're not going to cre- come out of it as well as if they went to a win-win school, yeah. right? They could do, there are exceptions, but generally speaking, it doesn't. But that's because we set society up that way. We want, we want to go where the best is, uh, as it were. I think in terms of um, developing things, you know, I think, I think we don't, I don't think we can change overnight the culture of a country. You know? No, no. But yeah. what we can do is we can change or augment, not even change, just augment the, the nature of academia. So, you know, should we be teaching kids at a young age about business? Yes, we should, because without business, there is no money. Without money, mm-hmm. there are no services. We need all of that. So if you're going to teach them about business at 11 and 12 and 15 and 18 and 22 and so forth, then you need to be teaching about how we create wealth. What's the methodology? And part and parcel of that will be franchising. It wouldn't be the whole part of it. Of course it wouldn't. I'm not arrogant enough to think that franchising is going to cure all the world's ills. But th- there is an element right out there that we could help with, Absolutely. definitely. Um, and, you know, we have, we, you know, e- even in our own businesses, I mean, we see it ourselves. We have a business called Computer Explorers, right, which teaches children between two and a half and, and 13, uh, all things coding and programming and so forth. We've got kids out there who are five or six years old who can design mobile apps. You kind of, I didn't know what a mobile app is, <laughs> you know? Seriously, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Yes. The, the, the good thing from our point of view is that we have a business that does this and delivers it and does very well. Mm. The sad thing about it is, of course, that most primary schools don't have the teaching capability to devote 
to that thing because yes. you know they're having to teach maths and English and geography and history and science and all the rest of it so don't have the breadth we have 220 pieces of curriculum available you can't expect a primary school to have that right yeah. so so there are elements where you can you can you can say well let's take it let's bolt into academia certain other aspects um, that are out there that, that I think that's a really good point actually and I know from a fact that my my children know their way around an iPad mm. um, just 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 from well I think it's more trial and error I remember when I was five or six and my father, who was working for Lloyds Bank at the time, brought home one of those old, huge desktop computers, mm. which probably had less computing power than my first Nokia mobile phone yeah. kind of thing. But I remember being so interested in this and just typing away and just trying out different mm. things mm. that within a week or so or less, few days, I could operate it as a five-year-old. And it's that kind of... That, that curiosity that I think that children have. But, but children are insatiable, aren't they? Yeah, children absolutely. are insatiable. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's all new. So, that, so, so, you know, they don't even, you know, it, it's an interesting thing. When we do an after-school class, right, uh, with, uh, with a, 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 a class that's in that school, right, you talk to, you talk to the head, and the head will say the mood of the, of, the, of the kids changes immediately, right, because this is fun. They're learning, but it's fun. They're trying new things. They're testing out things. They're applying themselves, right? They're not being told three cakes plus five cakes, you know, and all that. They're not being told that. If there's chocolate involved. Yeah, yeah maybe. But, but you know, it, it, it's, it's a different mentality. And, and so I think, I think there are elements of, 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 as I say, you bolt on to, to academia, other areas of, uh, of uh, learning. But with... With that being a, oh, I suppose, a gig economy, a zero hours thing, there are so many different places out there on the load. So um, where you can you can hire someone, a specialist for doing different things, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. My worry with people like that is that, yes, they, they've taught themselves to do something, mm -hmm. and they're obviously very creative and great at what that they mm -hmm. do, but they have not been... Um, given a business background necessarily, so they don't understand things like we've we've talked through all the all the major routes and business pillars yeah. of of a franchise, mm. um, you know, customer support, um, making that that sale the friendly nature of of, of mm. how to do that. They're just responding to something yeah. because they're an expert in doing something. That's what worries me, I think, from those types of people. And you can't necessarily track them down. Well, I probably could, but you know, you can't track them down to find them no. if something goes wrong. And, and I and I think if you if you start by uh, educating people who want who, to have an interest in business, then part of that, that education is how to run an efficient business, mm. an effective business, yeah. a successful business. Because nobody wants to. No, people don't want to run a business. They want to run a successful business. Yeah. Right. So how do you run a successful business? Well. If you look at franchising as a model, right, what you do is you follow a system. There is a process. Why do you follow the system? Because the system's proven. You know, two of our companies have been going for 40 years. We wouldn't still be around if it wasn't successful, for example. So, you know, you, you look at, at the system. What does the system say? It says you need to do this, 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 and this. Okay, if I, if I do that, the chances are I'm going to get a return, whatever that return might be. Now, you need to apply certain other, other uh, intrinsic elements that are, that are unique to the character of the person. Not every person is the same. Some people are more outgoing, some people are more insular, right? But so long as you follow the system, right, right you will be able to maximize your potential in that business. You may or may not be as successful as yourself, mm -hmm. depending on your character, but you'll both be able to maximize the business for yourself. And that's the key thing. You have to follow certain rules. Brilliant.
Thank you very much. That was very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, of course, if you want to find out more, please visit the website, marketingsimplified.co.uk. And if you have any more ideas or would like to get involved or think you're good enough to be involved, then uh, drop us a line at hello at marketingsimplified.co.uk. That's all for this time. But don't worry, we'll be back with more soon. Stay tuned for new episodes at marketingsimplified.co.uk.